It is 2.16 p.m. on April 2nd, 2021, and you are listening to episode 12 of the Pass Pro Podcast. I'm your host, Nigel Cornelius, and for the first time in the podcast history, we have a guest host on the podcast. Billy Cole, friend of mine, host of Maritime Deluxe. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, today is just going to be, you know, NFL news is just shit to bed. The off season is pretty mediocre. So we decided, uh, the two of us would do a bit of hockey talk this week. Yeah. Uh, Billy's our, an, our teams nice aren't that Wings great. Fan. So <laughs> <laughs> we got a Red Wings fan and a Devils fan. So it's just pain. Yeah, it really has been. I'm missing, like, I've been watching so many highlights from 2008, 2009. <laughs> I, I, that 2012 cup run was the last time the new jersey devils made me happy that was a crazy cup run like you guys yeah, were like, the sixth seed i think fifth i think it was yeah it was fifth seed i i was looking at somebody posted a stat and it was like on uh facebook and it was like playoff wins since 2010 and the new jersey devils had 16 which was like middle of the pack and i was like that's not too bad and then i remembered 14 of those 16 wins came from one playoff run Right, because we've made the, we've made the playoffs twice since 2010, <laughs> 2012, and then 2018. Yeah, 2018, when Taylor Hall went eight shit. So who's at the top of that list? Would it be oh, L.A.? L.A. had a lot, but there was L.A. and Chicago had some good playoff wins. Uh, yeah. Pittsburgh, obviously. Yeah, they went back to back those two years. Well, there. yeah, and the Pens and the Capitals made the playoffs and. Won a couple good rounds and then they won the cup. Mm-hmm. Vegas was surprised. Well, I mean, Vegas has made the playoffs every year they've been in the league. Yeah, so that'd be would it be three seasons of uh, of the decade? Yeah, because this is their fourth, isn't it? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, because they they came in my grade twelve. It was either twelve or eleven, and I can't remember. Mm-hmm. It was my they, my first year of university. I remember that. Yeah, so it would have been my grade 12 year. Yeah, because that mm-hmm. it was 2018, because that would have been the last year New Jersey made the playoffs. Right. <laughs> and then they, uh, they, took they ca- lost to Washington. Yeah, they took the Capitals to five games. Ovi finally got his cup that year, and then Kuznetsov yeah. was doing lines of coke. <laughs> <laughs> a, a fun fact about the Vegas Knights, actually. The Red Wings were the first team to beat them in a regular season game. There you go. Because they go. started the season five and zero. Oh. <laughs> well, I am like I was looking at the Seattle expansion draft that's coming up, and I don't think Seattle's going to have near the success Vegas did because Vegas pulled off a lot of trades in the draft, and I don't think teams are going to be as willing to do that again. Yeah, well, they saw what happened. Like a f- first year expansion team going all the way to the finals. Like, well, like guys, like ridiculous. they were able to get guys like William Carlson and. Mm-hmm. Shea Theodore, because teams were like, here, we'll trade you this player if you take on this contract. And Vegas was like, bet. Yeah. (laughs) And (laughs) Marc-Andre Fleury just went off that year. Yeah. Well, even then, like, it's weird because you think the Pens made a mistake getting rid of him, but did they really? Because, like, Matt Murray took him to two cups. Mm -hmm. And then they just got rid of Matt Murray and Tristan Jarry started the year rough, but both him and Casey DeSmith have been great this year. Casey DeSmith has, like, a... 9-2-9 929 save percentage and Tristan Jarry's up in the 920s now I think. Where about is Pittsburgh in the standings? They're not I think they're, a firm playoff team, but they're, they're They're in. I um they're either I know it's the East goes Washington. I Pittsburgh's the third I think because it goes Washington Islanders Pittsburgh. 
then Boston's only a couple points ahead of Philly, and then then it's the Rangers, Devils, Sabers. Right. But I could easily see there's a chance I don't. The Rangers are playing good right now, so they could possibly sneak into that fourth playoff spot and give Boston the boot. But I boot. But I think uh, Pittsburgh's got their spot made. Oh yeah, I'm looking at the standings now. They've got 50 points, good for third place. Mm. Philly's got 38 and fifth. Oh, Philly is awful. Carter Hart's statistically the second worst goal in the NHL, and the worst is Thomas Grice, who you have to sadly watch. <laughs> I actually took um, Carter Hart in the second round of my of my draft this year. I thought I was getting Ooh, a good sleeper pick. No, no. I uh, I took my first goalie off the board was uh, Igor Shosturkin, who started the year rough, but he's turned it around. I just picked him up the other day, actually. I had I to had... drop uh, Patrick Laine. Well, yeah, he's... I don't know what's well, going cause... on with him. Well, it's fucking torts, man. John Tortorello <laughs> is trying to make trying to make a goal scorer into a 200-foot player. Like That's not yeah. how this works. Yeah. Pierre-Luc Dubois is finally actually playing in Winnipeg. That I'm happy they got rid of that two-week quarantine because it was going to make Canadian teams basically untradeable. Like... Prior mm-hmm. to them making it seven days, I know Eric Stahl had Canada in general. He wouldn't be traded to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know uh, Kyle Palmieri of the Devils, who is going to get traded because they didn't get a deal done. Uh, he said no Canada before they made the seven days. A bunch of guys just don't want to quarantine. Yeah, and I can't blame them. Like That's just annoying. No, well, yeah, we're looking at Pierre-Luc Dubois. He got traded like start of the season and like – Last month was he finally was able to start playing, getting going. Mm-hmm. Like with how condensed the schedule was, 14, 14 days. There's a chance you're missing like you're missing like eight games. That's a and especially in a fifty six game season and in the North Division where they're only playing each other. The Jets are good though. Like they I didn't expect the Jets to be as like they're only I think like a point back at Toronto right now. Yeah, Toronto's been great. And so I got the standings here. So yeah, three points back of Toronto. That's pretty good. Montreal's kind of fallen a bit back, but yeah, they've they've got a solid lead on Calgary here. They're six points up, and they've got four games in hand on them too. The the central divisions where it's wild. Uh, mm-hmm. Florida and Tampa are tied at fifty two and first. But Carolina's like Carolina's got fifty one points with. Uh, two games in hand. Yeah, and, and Nashville, Nashville's Chicago, the they're battling for that last spot. I They've swear, man, if Nashville apiece. makes the playoffs, I'm going to. <laughs> I can't. You're not a if Nashville John man? Hines. If John Hines leads them to the playoffs after getting canned in New Jersey for being an awful coach, I'll <laughs> be. Like they're it's not a, like they're five hundred like they're nineteen eighteen and one so they're a game over five hundred in a playoff spot. Yeah, it's it's a tight race. Even Dallas, they're five points back and they've got four games in hand. Yeah, Columbus has looked like shit. Which <laughs> is got weird. A negative twenty five goal differential. Sweet God. Yeah, they um they're stuck in mediocrity. Like they'll always be. They've got to get last spot. John Tortorella's got to go. That's the best way I can word it is his his style of coaching just doesn't fit the league anymore. 
Well, you look at Mike Babcock, and you could say there's a similar style of coaching. And for Mike Babcock, it worked great in Anaheim and in Detroit. But obviously, he was exposed. And you see the stories of Johan Franson and how he had so many anxiety attacks. Well, you look at, uh, I was reading a story the other day, like John Tortorella, when he won the cup in Tampa Bay, I think it was 04. Mm-hmm. The team hated him so much, even though he won a cup with them, that they went. They didn't tell him about the after party, and they all went without him. Wow. John that's... Tortorella won the cup <laughs> and drove home alone in his car. He, They fired him because Vincent LeCavalier at the time literally was like, you fire him or I leave. Damn. I did not like, know that. He's been successful, but it, it's a it's it's just not a style like Pierre Luc Dubois hated it. Mm-hmm. Patty Line definitely can't stand it right now. He's not publicly saying it, but mm-hmm. I think uh, he had some incidents with Anthony Duclair. Yeah, um, obviously Artemi Panarin wasn't a fan because he dipped the minute he could. Yeah, because they had New York. They had a lot of potential if they could have kept Bobrovsky, and obviously Bobrovsky has fallen off. But yeah, that was it. Looked like a good yeah. Florida, I the only one of the only teams I could possibly see making a move for a trade in the expansion draft is Florida, because I think that's where Seattle's going to go for a goalie. Because uh, Chris Dreiger is playing out playing Bobrovsky right now, but at ten million dollars a year, mm-hmm. Bobrovsky's got to play. And Florida signed Spencer Knight to an entry-level deal. So I think they're preparing for Chris Dreiser to get taken. But I don't. I think Bobrovsky has a no-move clause. But if he doesn't, I could see Florida being like, take on this contract, would you please? <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll give you something. Just take it. But does he want to go from Florida to Seattle, though? I think that's going to be the <sighs> biggest part yeah. of him waving that, that clause there. I don't think he would, though. I think he'll stay. I Florida's a good to. team, though. They're one of my big surprises. I did not, like Florida's always been that team that has the potential but never put it together. Mm-hmm. And they're finally. Like, they made some great moves off the offseason, too. Uh, Connor Verhege has been mm-hmm. unreal. But that wasn't a surprise because he led the AHL in like, goals, not last year, year before, before he got called up to Tampa. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw someone Patrick, say that Barkov was like a top three player in the league. That's a little far, but I think the, when you can have Jonathan Huberdeau on your second line, that's mm-hmm. that's big. <laughs> most, yeah. most teams would kill for Huberdeau to be on a first line, and you can put him on a second. I, I love Patrick Hornfist has been really good for them too. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. He was a little bit upset when Pittsburgh moved him, but things are working out for him, it looks like. Yeah, I, I drafted him late 100s in fantasy, and it's worked out really well. He's he's scoring a lot, which is nice. Mm-hmm. I remember watching Huberto in St. John when he played for the Sea Dogs. Pleasure oh. to watch. Great player. Yeah, that would have been a long time ago. I was saying... I was looking about like former Mooseheads that I've seen, like obviously Nathan McKinnon. Yeah, that's the big. But uh, there's also uh, first overall pick, 2017 New Jersey Devils, and people just forget Nico Heischer used to be a um, Halifax Moosehead. That's right. I remember watching him play. Yeah, he came over for that. I think it, yeah, it was a one year stint, but then he went first overall New Jersey. God bless. One of the best hockey games I've ever watched. I think it was. I want to say 
2015, but it was game seven, the Wildcats and the Mooseheads. And the Mooseheads had Ellers and Jonathan Juran was still playing. Oh, yeah. And I think Moncton came out with the win. You, that, I think they went to the finals that year, but it was a great hockey game. The Mooseheads are, they somehow just funnel NHL talent into that organization. Mm hmm. I love watching it. Um, so uh, one thing I guess we should talk, we've said we're a Devils and Red Wings fan, but one thing I was talking to you before the uh, show is just to go over what are what are you what you would say your biggest surprises and disappointments about the Red Wings outside of the just the whole team. <laughs> uh, well, I've been trying to find surprises. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'll I'll start with disappointments. The power play. What the fuck is going on? I feel you there, buddy. I think we're New Jersey's power play is awful. I think we're dead last or not great. And I've been watching the power play and I was watching a game with my buddy and they were on the power play. And I said, watch this. They're going to enter the zone and they're going to lose it. Sure enough, Anthony Mantha crosses the blue line, tries to dump it in. They lose possession. Chicago dumps the puck in and they got to reset. And that's just what their power play has been. They can't move the puck around. They don't put shots on that. They just lose the puck. And it's so frustrating to watch. I get you because the New Jersey one is so frustrating too. Because it's literally like all they do is they'll pass it back to either Ty Smith or Damon Severson on the defensive side. He'll skate up a bit and either Jack Hughes or Jesper Brad or one of their quicker guys will be coming at full speed and they'll pass it to him and he'll skate up. But the other team literally can watch it happen. It's like, okay, I know what's happening. It's like, change it up. <laughs> Do something else. How has Jack Hughes been playing? Because I know he had a little bit of a disappointing rookie season. He's been, it's a lot of improvement this year. Like, uh, he's still not obviously the superstar yet, but I mean, he's also 19 years old. Mm -hmm. So, but he looks like he's putting it together. It would also help if uh, any devil could put a puck in the net. <laughs> like they've been throwing him on some awful lines. Like he was doing really well when they had the line of him, Kyle Paul, Mary and Andres Janssen. Andres Janssen's been on a real bad cold streak, but at one point they were trying to play Jack Hughes with like um, Nathan Bastion. And it was like, <laughs> Stop it, <laughs> please. Because obviously, when Nico Hischer comes back, he'll be your first line center. That's how it goes. Yeah. Jack will be your two. But, like, well, Jack's not here, let, I mean, well, Nico's not here, let Jack be one. Stop putting Pavel Zaka at center one. Let Zaka play wing because that's where he's better. And yeah. I wasn't a fan of Lindy Rothheyer. I was very vocal about how I wanted Peter Laviolette or nobody. And when I saw the reports that they Peter Laviolette asked for $5 million a year and they said no and then hired Lindy Ruff, I was not happy. <laughs> and what do you think now? I don't hate it. Lindy's done much better than I thought. Yeah. He's doing really good at developing like the young guys. Like uh, One of my surprises for the Devils has been they're leading the NHL in points from rookies. You know, they found lightning in a bottle from the guys like uh, Igor Sharangovich, who was a fifth-round pick in 2018. And then uh, last year from Carolina, when we traded Sammy Votnin, we got uh, Yane Kwokinen, mm -hmm. who's been really nice. 
So Lindy's given these young guys a shot, but like it's still the same. The defense is still horrendous. None of that has gotten better. Mackenzie Blackwood's still being asked to play like Superman to get a win. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about him too. Something you guys got going is a great goalie, it seems like so far. What do you think of Mackenzie Blackwood? I love Mackenzie Blackwood. <laughs> I all oh, this kid. I I've been preaching his name since he jumped into the NHL for his first game two years ago, and last year was his first full season. And he did, he like that save he made against Boston, save of the year. Like that he doesn't make ridiculous. he doesn't make those saves consistent like always, but he'll make saves at least one save a game where you're like, holy shit, what like. So, there are times where that team just like he'll cut, they'll come in on a two on O and he'll somehow bounce from one end of the net to the other and make a save that like maybe 10 other goalies in the league are going to make on a good day. So you think that save against Boston, you're, you're saying the puck did not cross the line. Cause I've seen a lot it of didn't. salty Bruins fans. It didn't fuck the Bruins fans. The overhead <laughs> line showed it clearly that it didn't cross the line. I the fucking goalie hate Jack call, Edwards, man. Oh, I hate, I can't stand, because the game, that Sunday night game, I couldn't get the, there was no MSG feed, so I had to listen to that Boston broadcast. Oh, God. And fucking Jack, the game, the officiating was poor for both sides, but Jack Edwards would not shut the fuck up. I saw there was a, a call, so what I was seeing on Twitter was that they got two calls right for the Devils but I didn't see what the other one was. You said a goalie interference it was? Yeah, it was for Boston. Uh, Mackenzie Blackwood kind of put his glove on the puck. It was a little gray. Okay. And like David Krejci, no, it was Nick Ritchie, sorry, Mm kind of nudged his glove in the air and they poked the puck in. You could argue it was goalie interference, but you could easily argue it wasn't. Mm -hmm. But that other goal was, in my opinion, it was clear as day it wasn't in. You could, like, I not, but it was like, I can't, it makes close, but mm-hmm. there was no definitive evidence from the overhead camera that the putt crossed the line. And the overhead camera is the most important one because I saw another angle where you could make an argument because the puck was in the air and it was kind of bouncing around like a football. So it kind of looked like it may have been over the line, but yeah, it wasn't concrete evidence. You couldn't. Yeah, like, you can't reverse a call based on something that you, you don't, I don't know. know what the Devils do when they play Boston, but they I think they've played all their games against Boston this year and they have two overtime losses. I think it's like four and the rest are wins. They have yet to they've let up, I think, like two total five on five goals against Boston. Wow. And those came in the last game where they should have gotten a win. They blew a four two lead. But um, like against Boston, New Jersey just goes God mode. And <laughs> yeah. Everybody else, like they play like shit. We had a, a span of two games. We played Tampa Bay back to back and we took them to overtime the first game and then we beat them the next game. And I think that will be the highlight of this season for me. Well, I'd get a buddy. He played rugby with us last year, Sam. He's from Massachusetts. All right. I butchered that but oh well sam perkins uh, right yeah perkins yeah. and every time the devils and bruins play i just go off on rail and <laughs> giving him a hard time and he he gets so mad because like he's like the bruins can't score for shit 
Instant like I was just giving him the shit. So when they finally beat when they came back, I, I was getting it from Sam when they had that comeback. I have a buddy who's also a Bruins fan and last year when we were dead last, like wasn't even close. Like we couldn't even compete with Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> we we beat the Bruins one game and I was with my buddy at the bar and all night I was just rubbing it in his face. I was like, You just lost to the fucking Detroit Red Wings, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's a rough go. Yeah. <laughs> you lost to the Red Wings. <laughs> well, that's what I was doing to Sam. I was like, you lost to the second worst team in the East Division. Yes, sir, baby. <laughs> well, let's go. <laughs> when we're at these times in our life, when our, our teams aren't that great, we've got to soak in every second we can get. There, that, that's basically what this season, like people were like, some like uh, there's obvious disappointment from Devils fan because prior to that COVID outbreak, the Devils were just fucking around and like basically they were tied for fifth in the division at one point, like playing really well, looked like they could sneak into the playoffs and then COVID hit and the team kind of just came back down to earth. So there was disappointment because we thought, oh my God, are we finally done with this goddamn rebuild that's taken two coaches, two GMs, probably going to take another coach because I can't imagine Lindy Ruff's going to stick around. Sheesh. How close were you like, guys oh, to making the uh, 2014 cut? Tw- that 2012 cup, we lost uh, six games. Or, uh, we lost to LA uh, six. Sorry, the um, the 20 was it 24 teams in the COVID bubble? Oh, um, last year we were, I think, a game or two off Montreal. Right, because Montreal was the final team to make the cut, I think. Yeah, Montreal and Chicago were the two bottom feeders. Montreal went and slapped around Pittsburgh, and Chicago went and slapped around Edmonton. <laughs> yeah, Edmonton, man. I thought, I'm just waiting for them to to break through in the playoffs and make a cup run. They can't, like, their issue is, is they refuse to attempt to go get an upgrade at goalie. Mm-hmm. Like, last year, Mike Smith wasn't it. So in free agency, instead of going for a Jacob Markstrom or anything... Let's bring Mike Smith back and try and start Miko Koshkinen. Miko yeah. Koshkinen looks like shit. You bring Mike Smith back, he's playing better this year. Yeah. But the reality of the situation is, in a playoff series of seven, it's unlikely that you're going to be able to go score four goals a night. Every game. I know McJesus is a god, but... Yeah, he's been tearing it up this year. But like last offseason, there were some good goalies on the market. You had Holtby, Markstrom, Matt Murray got the, got the boot from oh. Pittsburgh. Matt Murray's so bad in Ottawa. <laughs> oh, but at, oh, man. at the time, though, it seemed like a good yeah. option. Matt Murray. Oh, and, but even then, there's like... Jacob Markstrom looked really good at the start of the year for Calgary. Braden Holtby's been playing second fiddle to Thatcher Demko right now in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And Demko but just there were, there were there, there were upgrades over Mike Smith, and they just didn't. Granted, they could still make a move at the deadline. I'd love to see, you know... Uh, Somebody get Darcy Kemper out of Arizona, save him. Yeah. <laughs> John Gibson, save him from Anaheim, please, for God's sake. You know who a good option would be? Jonathan Bernier. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there you go. Mackenzie Blackwood's not allowed to leave the state of New Jersey unless he's on a road game for the Devils. That's my rule. <laughs> if they trade, I'm fully expecting, like, looking at the trade deadline, I expect. Kyle Palmieri, 
um, Sammy Votnin, Ryan Murray, Dmitry Kulikov, possibly Miles Wood if they can get an offer. Because even though Miles Wood's on contract next year, um, he's playing at his best hockey right now. I think Seattle's taking him in the expansion draft, so I wouldn't be surprised if we trade him. Yeah, I'd trade Nikita Gusev, but he cleared waivers today, so there's no way in hell anybody's given anything for Nikita Gusev. What are you guys looking like with cap space? A lot of money because they don't pay anybody. <laughs> like PK Subban's got like nine mil a year, but outside of that, these Devils have like a bottom five payroll. I'm unsure what to think of PK Subban. Is he good? Like no, <laughs> he, he he's not what he was. See. When offensive defensemen are typically kind of liabilities in their own zone, but when they can produce points, it's okay. P.K. Subban doesn't produce points anymore, and he's still a liability in his own zone. Jeez. Like, I wanted him to succeed. I was like, okay, we traded for P.K. Come on, let's work this out. And after the past two years, I wouldn't be amazed if he's bought out. Yeah, he had some good runs in Montreal, and I think I'm Nashville. pretty sure he was part of that cup run in Nashville, the Stanley Cup. He was, run. yeah. I thought that was. I thought that team was going to beat Pittsburgh that year. Oh, Pecorino had was a rough. For it. I cannot. My, one of my best Pittsburgh. friends from back home is a Pens fan, and he was going. There's probably a lot of Pens fans in Nova Scotia because eh? of Crosby. Oh, they're everywhere, man. Jeez. And it's not even like they know anything about hockey. They're just like, I like Sidney Crosby. And it's like, like why not Nathan go for McKinnon, McKinnon though? That's like, like right now I'm a hard closet Avs fan for McKinnon. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, like, they win games. <laughs> I don't want to admit, admit that I like Colorado, but they are so much fun to watch. I put money, uh, 10 bucks on them winning the cup before the year started. Yeah, they, they were my pick too, actually. They were my pick last year. I thought they were going to beat Tampa. I thought they were going to wagon, but just didn't. Tampa, is, Tampa finally did it. They finally, after all the years of losing in the first round or yeah. embarrassing playoffs, they finally. I like to say that that was Steve Eiserman's team. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how many former Red Wings are on that roster? So who do we got on former Red Wings on Tampa's roster? Yeah, just Steve's, like, Eisman's picks in general, because there's Vasilevsky. Yeah, and he actually should have been a Red Wing because we traded our first-round pick in 2012 for Kyle Quincy. Oh. And with that pick, Steve Eisman, the GM of Tampa at the time, took Vasilevsky. To be fair, the Devils traded their first-round pick in 2014 for Corey Schneider, and Vancouver went and fucked around and took Bo Horvat. I, oh, I would have preferred Bo. No. Yeah. Because Corey, Corey Schneider had a nice 2014 season, but then his hips gave out and he shat the bed. I remember that whole debate about who was better, Schneider or Luongo, and then I think Luongo was shipped out to Florida. Florida. Was that before or after Schneider was moved? I don't... I don't know when he – it was after because I don't think Luongo hit Florida until like 2016-ish. Right, because – Because Luongo was playing off. Bobby Lou was playing out of his mind. Yeah. During that 2011, 2010s. Yeah, they made the, the finals, took Boston to game seven in 2011. 
And then they rioted. <laughs> yeah, what a scene, man. <laughs> yeah, I remember I remember watching that in my basement because that was grade five yeah. for me. I was in the fifth grade because grade six was the Devil's Cup run. That is grained as one of the – that was the most fun I've ever had watching hockey was watching my team succeed. <laughs> it's so much fun watching your team in playoffs and knowing well, that they and- have a chance. All of my friends wanted them to lose so they could rub it in my face. And they just kept, they upset Florida. And then they go upset the one seed Rangers. That's right. And they just march in. And I was just like, yeah, that's that's my team. <laughs> <laughs> and then I watched LA just take them out, beat them. Yeah, that game six, that was a dominant game for LA. Because they got Jonathan that. Uh... Quick was nuts. I think LA got that five minute power play right early on in the game and just didn't look back. I remember that, that five minute minute, and then it was bam, 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 bam. But you want to talk about heartbreak though. 2009 Mm -hmm. game seven. uh, I think Jonathan Erickson put a shot on net Lindstrom with the rebound dying seconds. Flurry makes the diving stop. To be fair, you won the cup the year before though. But I want more, though. <laughs> I want more. <laughs> and it was against Sidney Crosby, so I wanted even more. Yeah, I feel you there. I would have been, it would have been nice to see. Oh, last time my team won the cup, I was three years old and didn't know what the hell hockey was. <laughs> 2003. Yeah, against uh, Mike Babcock, actually. Yep. Yep. That was Marty Brodeur, uh, Scott Stevens, Scott Gomez, Scott Niedermeyer, a whole lot of Scots. Yep. Brian Giotta, Patrick Eliash. Yeah. Maybe uh, <laughs> Rob Niedermeyer, would he have been on the team? I don't know if Rob was or not. You know, obviously greatest goalie of all time, Marty Brodeur. Yeah. Reason I follow this dumpster fire of a franchise. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Oh, man. It's fun to, remin- uh, to, uh, to remember our, our glory days. The t- time when I could watch New Jersey in the playoffs. <laughs> Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't count 2018 because they literally just got dominated by Tampa. I um, think it was a gentleman sweep. <laughs> I, yeah, we had some runs against Tampa too. We took them to seven games in 2015, but then 2016 it was Datsuk's last year, and we just shit the bed. Haven't been in the playoffs since. That yeah, you guys had that like what was it 20 straight years of making the playoffs or something like that. Well, I think that's what kind of fucked us over now because Kenny Holland was the GM at the time. And I think his focus wasn't going for a cup. He just wanted that playoff streak to keep on going. And when it came time to be able to, he could have just said, okay, we're not cup contenders. Let's kind of retool, get this turned around. Let's sacrifice the playoff streak. And we'll be back to contending in no time. But he signed all those shitty contracts to veterans like Trevor Daly and Darren Helm, Franz Nielsen. And that's kind of what has fucked us over the past five years. I think that's what's going to burn Pittsburgh here soon. All those trades Jim Rutherford was giving up first round picks like... He was the Salvation Army. He was like, here you go, here you go, here you go. Yeah, and... Like, before he left this year, Casper Kappen and, and a first for... No, he got Casper Kapanen for a first. Yeah. After he already traded him to Toronto. And I think he gave up a, a first rounder for Patrick Hornquist, who, you know, I think Hornquist is a great player, but 
like they just kept giving up. Like that's eventually like that core is old. I didn't think they were gonna make the playoffs this year. Like there was serious talk of them trading Malkin, Crosby, or Latang. I know, and to think of them being in a different uniform, especially Crosby. Well, the way I thought of it was, I was gonna say Malkin was probably gonna say, "You're not trading me. I'm just gonna go play in the KHL." Yeah. <laughs> Typical. Russian I've made thing. my money. I've made my cups. Yeah. Bye. Like that's what that did. did Kovalchuk did. Uh, Kovalchuk kind of fucked you guys over. Yeah, I don't like that guy. (laughs) (laughs) I hate. Oh, I've never hated a player like I did Ilya Kovalchuk. Twenty twelve made the cup. Twenty thirteen, he comes off a lockout, plays okay. Goes, I'm gonna go retire and play in the KHL after New Jersey gave him like a hundred million dollar fifteen year contract. Yeah, like what do you have? Like eight years left on that contract? Oh, it was stupid. There was so it was. Then he retired, and then he decided to come back last year, and I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Who did he play for? He played for L.A. I guess it was two years ago, because he went L.A., and then he signed a one-year deal in Montreal, and then Montreal traded him to uh, the Capitals for a third. Right. Because I remember when he was with Montreal, they played New Jersey, and he scored in a shootout. And all of the Prudential Center was in booze. And he went to try and shush the crowd, and they just kept booing. Did he ever end up playing with Ovechkin? Um, I don't think they were on... I don't know. They might have been on a power play together, but I think he was hovering in, like, the second line. Okay. That's another team I thought that was going to fall off because of age. But, man, the Capitals are good. <laughs> It doesn't make sense. Like I don't. Ovi's just scoring. When they were at, when they were young, they were always getting eliminated to Pittsburgh. And then when it seems like that their window is kind of, you know, their time is coming to an end, they go out and win the cup, and they're still playoff contenders each year. Well, like Ovi is just gonna score until he, I guess, Pat dies on the ice or something. I don't know. <laughs> you think he's gonna decline? He's probably gonna put up another thirty goal season. Do you think he's going to pass Gretzky? I do. I think he'll play till he does it. Yeah, I think that's... Because I, I, think, I think we wouldn't even have this debate if there, he didn't go through two lockouts. Mm-hmm. And then last year with the COVID season where he missed opportunities. And then this year with another shortened season. Yeah. I think if he has, you know, another 30 games added last year, another 30 this year, and then misses doesn't miss a season and a half due to lockouts, I don't think this is close. Yeah, because that... Especially because 2013 was a bit... 2013, then 2005, which was the year after he was drafted. Right, and he put up 50 goals in his rookie season. Yeah, and then 2013 was like prime OV. I think either he or Crosby won the Richard coming off that... I think it was him off that half season. Yeah. But I... uh, And there are But I I, I still think he'll do it because he's at like 700-something right now. Something ridiculous like that. And he went through a couple years where he was only putting up 30 goals for two or three years. And then he just went back to his old self and was putting up 40, 50 goal seasons. He's got 18 goals this year. He got 724. My God. That's ridiculous. And the time he's missed. The modern NHL, too. Mm -hmm. There's no no question in my mind he's the best goal scorer ever. That's 100%. He's averaging over a point per game, too, for his whole career. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. He's got 1,309 points in the uh, 1,184 games. It's nuts. I don't know if you saw, but I just saw this clip 
before we actually started recording, and it was Brandon Dubinsky on uh, oh, Tim and Sid, my. or sorry, Tim and yeah. Friends now, and he was like, "Fuck Sidney Crosby, I'm taking Ovechkin." Yeah. And then he had to come out on Twitter and say, "I never said I was better than Crosby." He's just—he said it on Twitter. I gotta find that quote now because he was getting ripped apart for it, absolutely ripped. Because he's such a—we all know he doesn't like Crosby because Crosby kicked the shit out of him in a fight. Yeah, and that's why it was something ridiculous. I saw it on Twitter earlier, and I was like, "You've got to be kidding me!" There's no way he actually came out and said this. Yeah, he just tore him to shreds, son. I don't know if oh, it was it on he, Tim and Friends, but he said it. He goes, uh, he tweets today, listen, Crosby is better than me. I never said he wasn't. He obviously is one of the best ever. It was Ovi versus Sid. None of you played in the NHL and know how hard it is to score goals in the NHL. 724 is insane. Sid just whined way too much and Ovi just shut up and played harder. <laughs> Fuck off, Dubinsky. Shut up. I love Ovi as much as any non-Cap Smith fan can. Sidney Crosby is just better it's not a knock against Ovi to say that Crosby's one of the best playmakers and 200 foot players we've ever seen mm-hmm. like he's missed a say he's I think three points behind um Ovi in like 140 something less games played yeah because he had a lot of concussion issues back in 2012 and Crosby's still producing he's got like a stupid amount of points this year yeah it's crazy to think how many points like we we just said Ovechkin, but you think about Crosby too because he also had that shortened season in 2013 last year and the this injuries. year. The concussion, yeah, the injuries, the concussions. Like he's missed a lot of time. In 164 less games, he has six points less than Ovechkin. That's just, and he just hit a thousand games and. Yeah, he's at a thousand twenty games, and he has uh, thirteen hundred three points. That is just, yeah, he's, do you think he's better than McDavid right now? No. No, McDavid's the top. Nobody's, there's a, like, when I tell people who my top five players, I said there's McDavid, there's a big fucking gap. Yeah. And then you can put Austin Matthews, Nathan McKinnon, and Leon Dreisaitl in any order you want. But there is a significant gap between McDavid and everybody else. He's putting up like two points per game. He's putting up 82 game point season points in 50. But it's like the big thing is is he literally looks like he looks like he's playing like against like a bunch of peewee players. He uh, he just like, like sk- he's faster than everybody, he's better than everybody. I don't, like I don't... in this year he has he has 21 goals and 42 assists in 37 games. Jesus Christ. That is almost 2 points a game. I don't even know what to say. Like, it's just ridiculous. He's so much fun to watch. Yeah. Like, I wish I have a Connor. I had a Connor McDavid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think Jack Hughes is going to be a fucking superstar in a year or two when he's actually not a teenager mm-hmm. and has some size to him because he's still, again, only 19. But, like, nobody's Connor. Connor McDavid, you can argue, is I think he's the most talented hockey player we've ever seen. Yeah. Because I am I know Gretzky's the GOAT, and you'll never touch that. But you can't argue with the fact that you put Gretzky in today's era, and he's not scoring like he was. He's not putting up 90-goal seasons. I mean, he was, he was playing like... He was playing before goalies knew what the butterflies were. 
Like, I I think I'm awful. I can barely skate, and I could probably score in a stand-up goalie from the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, like, it's it just wasn't good. Like, can you imagine Ovechkin just taking clap bombs in the 80s? Every single one of them would go in. A fucking one-timer to Ovechkin on the power play back in the 80s. Like, that's lethal in the modern era of hockey where goalies' pads are bigger. Yeah. They have way more technique. Mm-hmm. You know, the butterfly and going down and positioning is so much better. Yeah, no no doubt. Like, and even Broder was kind of a stand-up goalie for a bit. Bro, Broder, the, the, the trap system that they used, had they, he changed the rules of hockey. Yeah. Like, way back because, like, they had to pr- create the trap so goalies couldn't, like, do what Broder did. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, because the guy would just leave his crease and anywhere and anywhere on the regular because he had no fear doing anything. Yeah, same with, like, Dominic Hasek was kind of like that. Yeah. The flying best, I think, check. I think him and Broder are the best, too. Yeah, Hasek was fun to watch. I know in that 2008 Cup run, uh, Chris Osgood kind of took over as number one, and then... Hashik never played a game with the Red Wings again, but he he was a good player. Yeah, I just like the way Hasek and Broder played. We have yet to see a goalie kind of match because it's not even like we've seen dominant goalies, but the length of time they were both so dominant. Yeah, like Carey Price isn't what he was. Luongo, like Broder, he was good, but not for like that. Broder of time. wasn't what he was in two thousand three and twenty twelve, but he was still. He a was still a solid goalie. Goalie at forty years old, I think he was forty. And how old's he right now? To think that that was a time where goalies would play maybe sixty, seventy games a season. Like goalies, kind of split it up now. I find yet a lot less. Yeah. Well, there's a reason Broder went leads and games played wins because he was playing almost every night. It was ridiculous. Like, nowadays, I can't imagine a goalie playing more than three games straight. Andreas Vasilevsky is one of the few goalies who plays a lot. Yeah, like, back then, the purpose of a backup goalie was for back-to-backs. Yeah, it was back-to-backs, and if your goalie got hurt. Yeah. There weren't rest days, unless you were, like, firmly in a playoff spot. But typically in hockey, with the way the point structure goes, you don't really have anything locked. Right, and that's backup goalies are so valuable right now, and that's why I'm hoping we can get something for Bernier. Yeah, New Jersey needs a backup goalie in the next coming years. Back, I'm hoping we drafted uh, Newfoundlander Nico Dawes last year, so I'm hoping he becomes that because Corey Crawford got signed and then retired because he didn't really feel comfortable leaving Chicago, which I hold nothing against him. Yeah, like. It's fun. I it was a blessing in disguise because it finally let them give Mackenzie Blackwood a starting role. Because even last year, they were playing him, you know, barely over Louis Domingue and Corey Schneider when he was clearly better. Yeah, but the, like Scott Wedgwood cannot be your long term backup. Neither can Aaron Dell. None of these guys can. You they need a significant long term backup. Is do you say Aaron Dell? Is he still? Kicking? Yeah. They claim uh, New Jersey claimed no off waivers. <laughs> How old is he? Oh, he's got to be up there. Fuck Toronto man. put him on waivers. He was with Toronto. I forgot about Aaron. <laughs> yeah, 
Speaking of Toronto, Jack Campbell's come in for them. Like, pfft. yeah, he's eight, no, is he eight? No, lost. Now? Christ, what? Freddie the... Anderson. It, this was kind of reminding me a lot of that Capitals Cup run where Brayton Holpe was playing like shit, so they benched him. But then when the playoffs came around and they needed Holpe, he came back. Yeah, what's going to happen with that? You think there's a similar situation in Toronto? I think, honestly, I think there's a good chance James Reimer at the trade deadline makes his return to uh, Toronto. I don't think Carolina needs him. Yeah, well. If, Peter, when Peter Mrazek comes back, uh, Alex, um, I'm going to butcher this name. I think it's like Nijekovic or something like that. Yeah, your guess he, is good as mine. He's proving, I think, to be the long-term starter in Carolina because Peter Mrazek is streaky. Yeah. But... When Maraza comes back, James Reimer is a valuable goalie who's won most of his starts this year that I think they could probably get a good penny for from a team like Toronto. Maraza mm-hmm. was solid in Detroit, but he never showed superstar. And He played his first four games of this season. He was playing unreal before he got hurt. Yeah. Uh, t- uh, St. Louis, though, is in like they're paying Jordan Bennington a lot of money to suck. <laughs> they they thought so highly of him. They shipped Jake had, Allen off to Montreal, and he had that great playoff run. Yeah, where he won them a cup. But my God, I don't know what they've seen over the past two years to give him a six year, six million dollar and a year extension. Yeah, like, like the other night, he let in five goals on eleven shots. I think just where he's he's not super young but you know he's he's got a good couple years in him he's about what 29 i want to say yeah and he's six five i think he's pretty tall and i think the whole idea was that vasileski is so tall and makes such a great goalie i think that's what they're seeing in him hopefully he turns to hope i'm hoping as much as philly's in the rival i hope carter hart turns it around because after how he played last year, I didn't expect him to be the statistically second worst goal in the NHL. He's been awful. Yeah, and I worked with this uh, Flyers fan, and she was telling me like how Carter Hart is going to be better than Carey Price and Luongo. And uh... all I heard all off season was how Carter Hart's better than Mackenzie Blackwood. And then this year, <laughs> I'm like, Mackenzie Blackwood's had the better career so far, and this year he's definitely better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's only, what, like 22, I think? He's super young for a goalie. Yeah. Like, most goalies, like, Mackenzie Blackwood had his rookie season at 24 years old. Yeah. Same with, like, Thatcher Demko. Yeah, they take a little longer to develop to an NHL-ready goalie. Big time. Yeah. We don't really have any prospects in that. I think we have Philip Larson who was good in college, but right now in the AHL, he's not necessarily the greatest. And I don't know what Steve Eisman plans on doing with that. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. The red, you guys are in a weird spot. Like, I think obviously the deadline, you'll move Bobby Ryan. Yeah. Like that's, that was a good one year deal for you guys. Cause he's played well enough that you could probably get some, a decent, like second, at least a second for him. Yeah. And I, I love these, those one-year contracts because worst case scenario you can't move them and you don't re-sign them that's what i think buffalo and taylor hall tried to do with buffalo and buffalo's like oh yeah one year eight million he'll play really well but like if they they aren't getting a first rounder for taylor hall no 
I think it's not even because of his play. I think that there's a path of destruction that follows Taylor Hall. Just historically, I think yeah. Teams have noticed, like, I don't know how he manages to do it, but Edmonton got significantly better by trading him to New Jersey for Adam Larson, which everybody said, what the hell are you doing? Why would you do that? I was, I remember that. When that trade happened, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. I got Taylor fucking Hall for <laughs> Adam Larson. And then Taylor Hall came to New Jersey, won MVP and made the playoffs, which sounds good, but really was the worst thing that could happen to that franchise because it made Ray Shiro think the rebuild was done. And then he started making dumb moves like trading for P.K. Subban and I basically set the franchise back a couple of years. I forgot that he won the MVP. I he kind of stole it from McDavid, but <laughs> but then we trade him to Arizona, and then Arizona is in a and then awful position. You know they have no first or second last year. They have no first rounder next year. That's not Taylor Hall's fault. Well, the first yeah. rounder last year was because it was New Jersey's. <laughs> they had they had to let go of that prospect because of the fucked up things he said oh and wouldn't God. apologize like dude yeah he know he apologized to the teams but not the right. family that had to take him to court yeah. because he was such a piece of shit I don't, I don't even know his name but like fuck i don't even care like oh it was fuck horrendous. that guy man like and like people on like facebook were like we all make mistakes when we're young it's like okay there's mistakes and then there's bullying a disabled african-american child to the point where you put like a lollipop in a piss-filled urinal and then fucking make the kid lick it and then throw racial slurs at him and yeah like f- holy shit like and yeah people make mistakes but he didn't own up to it no and that's not a mistake like i don't care how old you are like 14 years old i did some dumb shit but i wasn't yeah. that shit yeah that's the dumb up. shit i was doing was like shit that probably could have in hindsight made me lose brain cells exactly not bullying and harassing well and anybody let alone a disabled child i think i lost some fucking brain cells just reading that story oh, it was horrendous <laughs> like, holy shit and then because of their prospect scandal where they were testing prospects uh oh, early right. last year they lost last year's second and <sighs> this year's first what the hell man do they still and have they got kessel yep pot dogs oh, fuck they well they gotta move him like well, I don't know if anybody would take him. I can see Connor Garland being moved. Yeah. Um, Darcy Kemper, maybe they might be able to get a piece for Nick Schmaltz. Yeah. Possibly. I, like, uh, I don't know what's going on over there. I'm fully expecting the Quebec City Nordiques to come back in about two years. I think... I don't want Arizona to relocate, but the reality of the situation is, is they're fucking apparently in debt nobody in the desert goes to watch hockey yeah quebec's been yearning for a team since they left granted they left because they didn't get any support the phoenix suns are second in the west so they probably (laughs) care more about the suns right now well yeah every arizona sports team is better than the coyotes yeah like even the fucking diamondbacks like the Cardinals have, like, they weren't a playoff team last year, but they have a future with guys like Kyler Murray. And... Yeah, I don't I don't watch a whole lot of football, but I've heard the Cardinals are, are getting better. Yeah, but, like, and then there's just the Coyotes. Who goes to sign to the Coyotes? Nobody. 
Unless you're Phil Kessel. <laughs> I never got that move from the star. It was like, Phil Kessel has signed with the Arizona Coyotes. I was like, huh? Yeah. Like, I guess he won his two cups, so he was probably like, I don't really care anymore. Uh, I just want to make money. A warm place, make some money, not a whole lot of pressure, because, you know, yeah. it's the Coyotes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was probably her... That was probably his... Um fucking gold but <laughs> yeah a little send off i like i like uh connor garland though i used to watch him in moncton he bit of a bit of a puck hog but did you see nathan mckinnon to underhand I toss did. His helmet? I <laughs> did. that gave me a good chuckle man he was just like Ting. <laughs> uh, he got a good max fine for that but it was worth it i remember uh garland he actually used to date a girl i went to high school with she was in my grade so I used to see him around Riverview High School a lot. Jeez. Yeah. That's like uh, Drake Batherson, who's plays for Ottawa, is from like my part of Nova Scotia, like the Annapolis Valley. Yeah. Played for the Valley Wildcats. You, you love you love rooting for those hometown guys. Oh, I I've been preaching Drake Batherson's name for years because Ottawa's just kind of been like fucking around and putting him up and down from the minors, and then this year they were like, oh, let's finally let him play. And at one point, he was leading the team in goals. Yeah. I don't know if he still is. Didn't he have like six goals in six games or something? Yeah, he went on a straight six-goal yeah. streak. It was great. Yeah. A little funny story about Garland. I remember, so he was with that girl I was talking about after school at Tim Hortons. And there's this kid outside of Tim's with a Connor Garland t-shirt and a permanent marker. Just waiting for Connor Garland to come out of Tim's. And Connor, Gar- or Connor Garland was in the drive-thru. And he drives by, looks at the kid, and just keeps driving. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and that's the... That's one of the best memories I have about Connor Garland. That poor fucking kid. Was like, oh, my God. <laughs> he was you just know, like... And I, I can't... I can't call Connor Garland an asshole for that because he was in his car could have not seen him but he did look over I he may have not seen the jersey so I can't knock on him for that but I got a good chuckle out of it that would be hilarious yeah <laughs> that, that would give me a chuckle yeah I've I haven't even like met any good hockey players telling a good story sadly I um you know, when Sidney Crosby won the cup, I went down to Halifax for the parade. A, but... My buddy did, and they have they they got a signed jersey and they got a picture. Oh yeah, that's yeah, pretty cool. Uh I don't have any NHL players' autographs. I'm pretty slacking in that department. I've got like a New Jersey Devils mini stick I got from the Hockey Hall of Fame with like a printed Broder signature that he's probably just mass produced, but it's <laughs> about it. Hey, you know, that's that's not bad though. That's pretty cool. Ten year old Nigel thought that was the real deal. I uh, I've got a framed picture of Lindstrom with an autograph, but it's kind of starting to fade. But not, See, nonetheless, mo- still pretty cool. All the autographs I have are baseball players. Yeah, <laughs> like I've got Lloyd Mosby, um, because they Kelly Gruber because they used to do camps. But uh, the one I hold true is when I was. It was that same trip when I took the Hockey Hall of Fame when I was I was nine, I guess. Yeah. 
we went to a baseball game and it was Junior J Saturday. So they were like, all right, sign baseballs. And at the time, Edwin Encarnacion was nothing more than they weren't even playing him. So he was one. I don't remember the other guy, but he was one of the two guys down there signing autographs. Okay. So I've got a baseball with his signature on it from like before he was the shit in Toronto. Right. Do you still have it? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's got so many signatures on it now. I don't think it'd be worth anything, but it's a nice little, (laughs) it's, I've got it in a little case. It's a nice keepsake. Yeah. Those, those were some good Jays teams when Encarnacion and Batista Donaldson. Oh gee, yeah, Donaldson. Um, trying to think of who else. Like those were some. They had Tulowitzki, um, Russell Martin. Tula, yeah. Uh, Pilar um, was solid. Yeah, Kevin Pilar, and then you had Marcus Stroman. David Price um, brought one year. Who was Feller? You went to the Astros after sanchez was it um, yeah oh sanchez and uh osuna went to houston as well yeah roberto osuna after his whole he yeah that's uh i don't think toronto really appreciates things like that because they just traded terrence yeah. davis from well the they've got Raptors. a young roster now with like bo bichette yeah uh, they, vladimir they guerrero cavin they beat my yankees yesterday yeah Garrett Cole pitched a great game just for the offense to put up two goddamn runs. Speaking of baseball, I'll I'll throw this in there too. The Tigers won, and Miguel Cabrera hit first a home, home run. Of the year. First homer of the year came off Miguel Cabrera. Yeah, it's a yearly tradition uh, for Tigers fans. They say this is the ba- best shape Miggy's been in, and it never works out. But you know, <laughs> I'm I'm kind I'm hoping for the best now. I, uh, um, one of the guys I watched, I watched the Pat McAfee show and one of their guys won like $200 on a $5 bet that Miggy would hit the first home run of the year. <laughs> I was like, fuck. <laughs> that <laughs> That's is hilarious. I remember in 2013 when Cabrera was like one of the best players in baseball at the time. Man, it was so nice being a Tigers fan thing. We had Verlander and, uh, Max Scherzer, David Price. That was a lethal rotation. Yeah, David Price. Yeah. That guy's been passed around the league as of late. Yeah, the the Red Sox to uh the Dodgers. Um now he's with Yeah, he was with the Dodgers last year, Red Sox. Before the Red Sox it was the Jays. Yeah. Before the Jays it was Detroit. Detroit. And then before Detroit it was Tampa. Yeah. Cuz he was the best pitcher in baseball when he was with Tampa back in like 2012. Yeah, he got the he got the cover of MBL, MLB two K thirteen. That's right. Yeah, with the Tampa Bay Rays, I remember that. And I think he was part of that. Uh, they went to the World Series and lost to to Philly. Yeah, he might have been. Yeah, I think, I think he, he was. He would have been young, but I think he was on that team. Because that's when Clayton Kershaw. I mean, Clayton Kershaw has also been one of the best pitchers in the league for a long time now. David Price had the yeah. fall off that Kershaw never. I was so happy he got a ring last year. Yeah, I I don't typically root for the Dodgers, but... Me neither. I just wanted... Well, I mean, when they were playing the Astros in the Rays, I was like, okay, come on, Kershaw. Get your get your ring, man. I I was so tired of hearing people say that, yeah, you can't play in the playoffs. I was like, just get him his ring. Yeah, and I felt the same way because at one point, I used to cheer for Houston because 
no, let me explain. <laughs> this was <laughs> this was before the scandal, but Justin Verlander had just been traded to Houston. And I really wanted to see one of my guys win a World Series. I could never cheer for the Astros, even before the cheating scandal. I can't, couldn't stand them. See, here's the, here's the thing I find interesting about you. You, you're a Houston Rockets fan, <laughs> a, a Green Bay Packers fan, I Yankees fan, and Devils fan. Cities. So like I'm the Devils and Yankees kind of adds up because they're in New York, but where does then, Houston come into play here? Houston came in because I was I'm not like I barely was into basketball for most of my youth, and then about two or three years ago I started watching basketball, and everybody hated James Harden. Yeah, everybody, and I was like, I kind of like James Harden. I'm gonna root <laughs> for Houston. Now I see why everybody hated James Harden, and. After this year, I'm not a huge fan of them, but I just kind of like, all right, I'll like the Rockets, and that's just kind of how that happened. <laughs> yeah, I just because if you're a Canadian basketball fan, if and if you're not a Raptors fan, you're probably a Lakers, Celtics, Ugh. or if you just started following basketball, a Warriors fan. There are a lot of Miami Heat fans back in the day. Oh, with LeBron. Yeah, but that's... I mean, I rooted for the Raptors back in 2019. Like, I won't say I actively root against the Raptors because they're not even in the uh, West. Right. But now that the Rockets suck, I want the Nuggets to go win for Jamal Murray. Get some Canadian talent in there. Yeah, I'm actually going for the Nuggets too. I love Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray, he's on my fantasy team. Yeah. It's a nice little... The team sucks, but Jamal Murray's good. (laughs) I've got a Jokic on mine. I'm actually in second place right now. I'm like three and ten. It's awful. Sheesh. I've had so many injuries. Jimmy Butler had COVID, and then D'Angelo Russell's been hurt for a while. Shia um, Gildress Alexander's now hurt. Yeah. Evan Fournier spent like half the season on and off injury, and now he's with Boston and he's not doing as well. Yeah, I'm in a like I'm in a tight spot with my team too because I had Lamelo, LeBron, and Shea. Yeah, so it's uh, I have Victor Oladipo, and he's he's injury prone. He's always missing every second or third game. Yep. Why do you think Houston got nothing for him? Yeah, <laughs> they tried they tried to pull that risky move where instead of keeping Karis Levert, and I kind of get why they did it. They obviously didn't want a guy who they had to keep him on contract. They wanted an expiring contract that they could either flip, resign, or have room for a max. So that's kind of why they did it. But man, did it ever blow up in their face when all the depot consistently got injured? And then that 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 James Harden trade. Fuck. <laughs> uh, at least we got like four first round picks and a bunch of pick swaps out of it. But all the picks, like, how many picks did you guys give up for Westbrook? Oh, that's awful, man! Like this year's a pick swap if we don't land lottery protected. Yeah. That Westbrook trade was horrific. Huh. I wasn't a fan of it when it happened, let alone what we gave up. Like, you look at the LA Clippers, and at least they're still contending, but Houston went for that Westbrook trade, and it just worked out well, awful. You can't them. give up that much for another ball-dominant guard when you already have a ball-dominant guard. Right. It's just not going to work. Right, and it... I mean, you you guys made the second round, and 
took game one against the Lakers, but then they gentlemen swept. Yeah. Yeah. It was a it was a rough one, to say the least. Yeah, and now OKC is just laughing. <laughs> like how many picks do they have? Oh, it's like 35, I think I saw. Some, some fucking crazy number like that. He was legitimately like they're like Thanos collecting infinity stones and draft <laughs> picks. Like they made a trade for like a 2027 20, second. Like why why is that a thing you can do? Yeah, like that's that's an 8th grader, I think. <laughs> <laughs> that's 5 years away. Holy Christ. You're trading for like st- like Kemble, like some kid's seventh grade cousin or something. Like, and it, buddy's lighting up his minor league basketball team. It leaves so many options for them because you got it, guys like Shea and Lou Dort, who looks pretty good. Both Canadian players, I might add, in there. Al Horford's done for the year. I guess he's. I mean, they were resting him so much, anyways. But yeah, that contract, you won't be able to move that. But but the issue that I have is like according picks is great, but if you don't hit on those picks, they're useless. Eventually, you've got to start trying to get talent. And yeah, that and that's what I mean. Um, you look at what the Boston Celtics did. They waited till they had some good young players and Tatum and Brown, and then they had some picks from that Brooklyn. Uh, Paul Pierce deal. So they went out and got Kyrie Irving. And at the time, it seemed like a great move. Obviously, it didn't work out. Right. And I think OKC can still, you know, gather up those first round picks. Because I think the Bruins are the best example of how hoarding picks is nice. But if you don't hit it, because like at 2015, they had, I think it was 14, 15, and 16. And instead of, they went and took Jakob Zaboral. Jake DeBrusque. Yeah. And I can't remember who the other guy was, but right after came like Matt Barzell. Thomas Shabbat, Matt Barzell, yeah. and oh, Kyle Connor. All right, Shabbat, yeah. Like three players. If you imagine how different Boston would be if they went and nabbed Barzell, Shabbat, and Kyle Connor. Oh my God. Like the... insufferable. <laughs> I, I always think back to, I want to say 20. 18, we pass on Quinn Hughes for Philip Zadina. And my I mean, view, Zadina has been, you know, he's he's a good player and he's still young. But Quinn Hughes was a second place call their candidate. Yeah, he's just on another level, man. And we need defensemen. Well, I look at uh, Colorado and that's the thing, like there's no holes on that roster because uh, when your defensemen, when your top four defensemen are... Kale McCarr, Ryan Graves, uh, Bowen Byram, mm-hmm. like, huh. and then you Dil- they traded for Dylan Taves, and then you've got that young lineup of uh, McKinnon, Landeskog, uh, Miko Rantanen, and Philip Grubauer is playing really well this year. Yeah, really well. Like, I, Nate, I sense a dynasty Nate, coming. That's what I said. Colorado might be. The NHL's a hard league to have dynasties in because hard salary cap makes it hard. Yeah. The last dynasty we really saw was the Blackhawks. Because yeah. the Pens went back to back, but they haven't really... The Blackhawks were a dominant team. They won three cups in five years. They went 2010, 
2013, I think. 2015. Because right. 2011, Boston, twenty because 2012 and 2014 were, uh, were LA. LA. Yeah. That team, that LA team was... They just dominated the Rangers in 2014. Well, on to, yeah, poor Hendrick Lundqvist, man. Yeah. I thought he had a shot for his cup this year before he had his heart problems. I know, man. I was so excited because I... You know, it was heartbreaking to see a guy like that leave, who's been with the same team his whole career, just leave. Well, like, Rangers and Devils fans are rivals, and Rangers fans are always like, haha, you suck. And it's always like, well, at least we did something with our Hall of Fame goalie. Yeah, exactly. We went and won three cups with him. We didn't waste his prime, and then... And even when he was out of his prime, you still took him to a cup finals. And then buy him out instead of giving him a proper send-off. Yeah. And Lundqvist, he signed with Washington. I was like, that's that's great. Let's, you know, Ovechkin, do your magic. But unfortunately, heartbreaking surgery. Um, No pun intended. I didn't mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, um, like, I, Lundqvist was always a guy. I was a fan of King, King Henrik, even though Rangers guy, but. That team failed him so bad. Yeah, and that cup run, you know, not necessarily favorites to go to the finals that year. No, they played really well up till they hit that LA team, and then yeah, because they they took out Pittsburgh in the second round. Yeah, um, Marty Saint-Louis was on that team, Saint Louis. It's kind of like what the Sharks kind of wasted. I say they wasted Thornton and Marlowe because the way they waited too long to try and acquire talent. They What they should have done is when they had the team of Thornton, Marlowe, they had Evgeny Nabokov and Net. That's when you go get talent. You don't do it when they're all, when Nabokov's gone and Thornton and Marlowe's better days are behind them. Yeah. Thornton and- went to Toronto to go try and win a ring. Marlowe's literally just playing so he can break Gordie Howe's record. Yeah, and he's quite close. <laughs> yeah, he's going to break it this year. Yeah. This is the only reason he's playing. I think he retires last year if he's not so close to the record. Yeah, I think he's, what, 10 games away from tying? Yeah. Something crazy. Which will be good for Patty Marlowe, but... Yeah. I'd like to see Thornton win a cup, and I, I do like that he was able to go back to where he was from. Go yeah. back to Toronto, give it a shot. As much as Maple Leafs fans are, <laughs> you say what you will about Maple Leafs fans, but the day they win the cup, it's gonna be historic. Toronto's gonna be in shambles, uh, man. Maybe like, if they make it past the first round of the playoffs for the first time since two thousand three, <laughs> Toronto's gonna be in shambles. I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the day they win the cup. I think that'll be super cool. Oh, I think it'll be gold. Just, I'm looking for the day Vancouver wins the cup because maybe I don't know what when they lost the cup they rioted. Fuck knows what happens when they win it. Just, just a Canadian team. Yeah, since like what's it ninety? Was no, it ninety one or ni- four? Ninety. I want to say ninety two. The Habs beat Gretzky in the finals. Gretzky was with the Kings, and that was the last time. It may have been. It was around that time. Yeah, that's the last time we saw a um, a Canadian team. The, yeah, win the cup. Vancouver was the last Canadian team we saw get close. Yeah, and before that, I think it was 
Ottawa in 07. Yeah. And but they ran into the wall that was Anaheim. Yeah, and then the next few years they kept running into Pittsburgh in the playoffs and Yeah. getting work there cuz that was back with Danny Heatley All-Star. 50 and 07, man. 7. <laughs> <laughs> They, they oh, yeah. did. They had some good teams. Uh, Wade Redden, uh, Spezza, Alfredson, then Ray uh, Emery. Was, rest in peace. Who was the goalie back then? Um, Ray Emery, I think. Was it Ray Emery? I'm trying to think of Craig Anderson too. Oh yes, Anderson, who's now in Washington, is the third string behind uh, Vitek Vanacek and Ilya Samsonov. Who was it? There was a time. People were going crazy for this guy. They call him the Hamburglar. Oh shit! You remember who I mean? Yeah, but I can't think of his name. Was it was it Andrew Hammond? It might have been something like that. I'm gonna Google this now. But he went on a crazy stretch there, and they yeah, it was Andrew Hammond. Yeah, they were saying he was the next big thing. Hammond was the guy in the interview with. Was it was it him who? No, I can't remember. There was a guy with an interview where it was like, "Wait, the great one tells you you're gonna have a burger. You're gonna have a burger." Was that Hammond? <laughs> I, I can't remember. It may have been because they, I that may have been where the whole Hamburglar nickname came from. Yeah. Even though Hammond, you know, it kind of rhymes. Yeah. Oh my. The NHL is a different place now, though. Like, a bunch of guys are all over the place. Yeah, it's been it's been hard for me to keep up because I go through these phases where if one of my teams is doing good, I'll focus more in that league. So, See, the NFL is my go-to because Green Bay, well, I, I mean, they do let me down once a year, but for the majority of the season, it's an enjoyable experience. Yeah, and... The Raptors started kind of getting good when the Red Wings were falling off. So most of my attention's been on the NBA the past seven or eight years. Yeah, what'd you think of that Powell trade? Uh, yeah, Greg, my buddy Greg was not. Greg was not a fan that they didn't get any picks for that. That's see, that's what I was hoping for. I wanted, I wanted picks for Powell, and not a player like Gary Trent Jr. He's a good player. He's twenty three years old. But the point of trading Powell was to save future money problems. And from what I hear, Gary Trent wants a good contract. I mean, to be fair, that's understandable. And then nobody, Lowry stayed. I, uh, I, I don't, I don't even know what to say, man. It was a weird downfall for out of nowhere. Toronto just died. They lost Gasol, they lost Ibaka, and I was like, I was thinking to myself, okay, we're still a fifth seed, sixth seed, you know, maybe can get to the second round. But now it's, we're in the 11th seed, we might not even make the play-in. You know, the NBA just granted us with, Oh, you're not as good, but we're gonna add two extra teams to the playoffs <laughs> with the play-in tournament. Yeah, and they can't even <laughs> make that. 
it's like Houston, man. Houston traded to Westbrook and Harden, and it's one of the worst teams in the NBA to watch. I love Christian Wood. I love that signing. KPJ for a top 55 protected second that uh, Cleveland's likely to never see yeah. was a great yeah. trade. But He's been doing good. Really good. They were smart with it, though. They didn't force him into the NBA. They let him figure yeah. his stuff out, yeah. play in the G League, and then they called him up, and now he's great. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's impressed me. And Christian Wood, I was so pissed off at the Pistons for not re-signing him. Yeah, I don't know why they let him go. He did. He had a fantastic finish for the season. You knew Blake Griffin wasn't going to be around much longer. So what do you do? You let him walk, and you sign Mason Plumley. Hey, Plumley's been good for my fantasy team. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's going on in Detroit in all teams. You know, the Red Wings are looking up the Tigers. You know, they they're saying this is going to be the best season in, in quite some time. The you Lions just fucking suck. Man, I feel bad. Like, like the Raptors were my last team and now they suck. <laughs> yeah, it stinks, man. I was just found a statistic. NHL posted most power play goals by franchise, and I still think the funniest statistic in the world is uh, the Winnipeg Jets' leading power play goal scorer is Ilya Kovalchuk, and he never played a single <laughs> minute of hockey with the Winnipeg Jets. He still leads that franchise in points, too, because of the Thrashers. That's right. The Atlanta Thrashers. Yeah, the Thrashers, man. <laughs> what a dumpster fire. <laughs> um... I saw a joke the other day that, you know, that cargo ship that got stuck, eh? Yeah. So there's this Twitter page called uh, Not Thrashers. And it's just. Yes. Yeah. So they posted it. They said, if only this was in Atlanta, the NHL would do everything in their power to get out to get it out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, Atlanta's had two NHL franchises now and none have worked. Yeah. the, The Atlanta Flames, who. Calgary went on to win a cup shortly after they relocated. (laughs) Same with the Colorado Avs. Yeah, they won a cup against... Florida was in the finals, which is just stupid. Yeah, Waugh gets traded and goes and wins a cup. Yeah. Quebec fans had to be so salty after that. Oh, my... Yeah, Eric Lindros basically started the downfall of that franchise when he said he wouldn't play. Oh, that's right. Because he didn't want to... Something to do with... uh, Frenchman. He didn't like French people, I think. Is that what what it was? I can't remember exactly, but he said you refused to play for Quebec. Something weird like that. Uh, The NHL draft's such a weird thing because some of the prospects just never touched the ice in the NHL ever. Yeah. Well, look at Krill Kaprizov. He's 24 years old and he's a rookie. He played six years in the KHL. Yeah, I think, well... Brian Rovalski, do you remember him? Yeah. He I don't think he made his debut till he was about twenty eight or twenty nine years old, and he went on to be a fantastic player for the Devils and for the Red Wings. Well, uh Artemi Panarin did the same thing Krill did. He went undrafted six years in the KHL. That's right. Comes out and wins the Calder. Yep. McDavid got hurt and Panarin played well enough to win it. Yeah. Did I don't think anybody's touching Kaprizov this year. He's just who uh who won the MVP last year? Well, it wasn't Panarin, was it? 
No, it was, was um, it McDavid. Drysital. Drysital. That's right. He was the only. He was the only guy to hit a hundred points. That's right. Yeah. No, Artemi was in it, but he didn't win it. He was one of the finalists. That's right. This year, it's going to be. I don't think, it, and it's McDavid. He's just. <laughs> well, even Patty Kane came out and said, "Yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm honored to, to be in this conversation." But there's no doubt that it's McDavid. There's absolutely zero question. Yeah, I get that. Like nobody wants to see the same guy win it over and over again. But like, it's pretty hard not to go. Okay, how do we not give it to McDavid? <laughs> and you got to appreciate that generational talent, big time. Like, yeah, I understand you don't want to see the same guy winning it over and over again. But we could be witnessing like Wayne Gretzky greatness. Well, it's kind of like Giannis in the NBA. Like people were livid; he won it twice in a row last year, even though he deserved it. Yeah. And now they, his name's not even sniffing the conversation anymore. Do you, this year? Do you think it's because he won two in a row? I think part of it because he's not even having a bad year. Right. Like I think the LeBron MVP narrative is way overblown. I think it's Jokic right now, and I don't know why it's even a. Yeah, well, I mean, LeBron's done. He's missing a month. He he can't come back from that and and make a case for the MVP. But even LeBron's another guy who I think without voter fatigue has another MVP in there somewhere. Oh, absolutely. Because he won. So he won his first in 09, I think. And then he went to Miami. Derrick Rose won that 2011 MVP. And then LeBron took 12 and 13. And then he hasn't won one since. Right. And I do think they made the right call last year with Giannis, but LeBron certainly made a good case. I think this year it's Jokic because Embiid got hurt. Embiid got hurt. That's right. LeBron got hurt. Uh, Luca just hasn't, you know, Luca is still putting up good numbers, but the team, but Jokic as one of the best teams in the West. Yeah. Arguably playing as one of the best player in the NBA. Close to a triple double average. And it's not even like the Russell Westbrook style of triple-double where it doesn't really help. It's like a consistently good triple-double. Yeah, he's like a point center. It's crazy. It's insane. Man from Serbia just up here <laughs> dominating. I remember like 2K15, you could make these ridiculous builds with your player. And people were mad because they're like, that's so unrealistic to have a seven footer to be able to pass and shoot threes and then do center things. But now we're living in it. <laughs> we're watching it with our own two eyes. Yeah, and and Giannis, Giannis is seven one. He can play point guard. Jokic can play point guard. Fuck, even Embiid can take the ball up. Nuts. Embiid finally decided to play like a true center this year, and I think that's what's been huge for him. Yeah, Philly looks good. Big time. Yeah. The process might finally have worked, maybe. Yeah, because they were saying on Twitter, like, what's this process? When's this process going to come together? And now all of a sudden... Last year, it looked like it blew up in their face. Yeah, and they they fire Brett Brown, and they they bring in Doc Rivers. You know, they, they trade Josh Richardson for Seth Curry, get some good shooting along the wings, and they look great. It's looked great. like it's worked. Yeah. There's also Ben Simmons has really sound defensively. I know he can't shoot, but yeah, he's really sound defensively. You look at Ben Simmons' numbers from the past few years, and there's not like a drastic 
improvement. But if you watch him defensively, you know, he's got to be the defensive player of the year. Like, certainly a top three candidate. It's, I wouldn't mind seeing Philly succeed, but at the same time, I'm not, I'm, I'm still expecting a playoff explosion. Yeah. And that's why I wanted them to pick up Kyle Lowry. Not only to get their two picks, but I thought he would have been great for that team, especially where he's from Philadelphia. It would have been awesome to see them win a championship. They refused. I think Philly's downfall is they're refusing to take that big move. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's going to be, I think the playoffs are going to be interesting in the NBA. So, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, maybe even Miami. Who's coming out on top in the East? I'm not, I'm taking Milwaukee. I don't think the Nets can handle a series with a physically big team okay okay like i get the nets are a super team but who on that team do you trust to guard Giannis for seven games so bad defensively and when the games james harden when the game slows down in the playoffs i'm i'm not one part of the whole james harden's bad in the playoffs trend but he's not the shooting three form doesn't work when the playoffs come, you have to be able to slow the game down. But the the thing with the three ball is that it's ride or die. If you're on your game, then you're on. But if you're missing the three ball, you got to be able to adjust and, you know, get in the paint. And, you know, they signed Blake Griffin. They signed LaMarcus Aldridge, who are, you know, they're they're past their primes. But I'd, I'd rather them use that money and get some defensive support who can, you know, make mid-range shots as well. Yeah, it's... I get the Nets fan. I feel bad for Nets fans because they've watched a dumpster fire for so damn long. Mm-hmm. And the finally, the time they get to watch a playoff team, there's going to be a bunch of bandwagon kids jumping on and people hate them. <laughs> yeah. It's not like Lakers fans who are acting like they were some like awful franchise that didn't have Kobe and Shaq. Yeah, and like they went through some some bad days in the the late the uh, after Kobe retired, but yeah, but they're so, historically like, great. Right, like Lakers fans were acting like, oh, we're a poverty franchise. Yeah. We finally won. And it's like, okay, slow down. You know, Brooklyn has <laughs> like one finals appearance. Brooklyn has been the ugly stepsister of New York for. <laughs> Even though the Knicks are bad, Brooklyn's been bad. Well, you know what amazes me is that the Knicks are in a playoff spot too. Yeah, Jacob, my roommate's a huge Knicks fan. He is loving this. It's it's uh like RJ Barrett's playing well. Emmanuel quickly. Julius Randall he, though. Randall, he, he's not a fan of Alfred Payton. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame him. I'm not too high on Peyton either. He wants Peyton off the roster because he thinks, I mean, he's RJ Barrett play has played better without Alfred Peyton. Who's uh who's starting at point guard for that team? Is it Peyton or Derrick Rose? I think 
I'm, I'm not sure. D-Rose injured right now, so I think it's Peyton, but... Yeah, he's always... I mean, nothing against D-Rose. He had those some tough times with his knees, but... Yeah. You know, I did like that D Rose trade for New York because they didn't give up much for it. Yeah, the Pistons just want to kind of get some picks and you know make some cash. I thought Lonzo would have been perfect for the uh, Knicks. A good three point shooter, mm-hmm. great playmaker, facilitator. He yeah. doesn't really fit well with the scheme in New Orleans. But I, I kind of, I kind of like him in New Orleans. I think if they can figure it out. Because him and Zion, they're a good duo. But yeah, like you said, everything else just hasn't... Well, Zion's just been quietly one of the better players in the NBA this year. Nobody's talking about it. Yeah, because LaMelo Ball came in the league. So now everyone's like, oh, LaMelo, LaMelo. And Zion just kind of lost his hype. Which, like, everybody hated him because he got a bunch of hype coming in. Which is understandable. He was a freak of nature. Yeah. And if he doesn't get injured, I do think he takes the Rookie of the Year over Shaw. Oh yeah, no, but like absolutely. people are like are just like choosing to ignore him playing really well. Yeah, he's putting up like twenty five, twenty something a game. Something crazy, like maybe nine or ten rebounds. I think he's averaging a double double. It's pretty good. It's a shame that the Pelicans uh, they they got put on Prime TV a little too early. They needed to wait another year before that team fully. Yeah. But they they have pulled that Anthony Davis rebuild trade off well. Yeah, because Ingram, Lonzo, they went out and got Demarcus Cousins to pair with Davis, and then Demarcus got injured, and that was just the end of the Anthony Davis era. Any yeah. shot of contention. Well, and Boogie is. I think he's looking at the Clippers now because the Rockets bought him out. Yeah. So he could do whatever he wanted out of like respect for him. Yeah, I saw Woj tweeted that the Clippers were looking into a 10-day contract with them. I don't know if they made the move, but I don't think they have yet. But uh, I think it was pending uh, health protocols. Yeah. I think that's uh, what's going on over there. I do want to see Boogie get a ring, because my God, does he get a rough time. <laughs> a really rough time. Yeah. Trying to get his goddamn ring. Yeah. And that's everything for this week. Please remember to check out all social medias at PassProPod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please make sure you also check out Billy on Maritime Deluxe on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as his podcast in general. Uh, Please like and subscribe if you're a YouTube listener, or rate and subscribe if you're listening on a podcast platform, as both would help the show out a lot. Uh, Thank you for coming on, Billy. Thanks for having me. It was a great time. Yeah, it was, and thanks for listening.